Well, here we are in Genesis chapter 28. We're going to pick up in the life of Jacob where he is really in a very challenging season in his life. Uh, he and his, his brother Esau are the children of uh, Jacob and Rebekah. And, you know, Isaac and Rebekah. Thank you. All right, Isaac and Rebekah. So Jacob was a favorite of Rebekah and Esau was a favorite of Isaac. And uh, as a result of that, you know, uh, there was some moments uh, in this family that just really uh, didn't play out as far as uh, what you might typically think in a, in a, in a God-fearing home and in a home that, you know, where they were people of faith. But uh, Jacob is now estranged from his family. Uh, it's because of some of his own choices and some of the ways that he chose to interact. Uh, and, uh, and therefore he's on the run. And, uh, his brother Esau is very, very upset with him, almost to the point where he's willing to take his life. And so, uh, when Rebecca found out that, that Esau was really, really angry, she told Jacob, you better get out of here because things aren't good. Your brother has, uh, really bad intentions towards you. And because of this, Jacob is now very fearful. Uh, he's away from his support system. Uh, he's away from everything that he's familiar with. And, but in this place, he is going to encounter God. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. As we have begun, uh, into the month of, uh, January, I, I, I started a series, Are We Aware? And, uh, today we're going to talk about, are we aware of how good God is? Are we aware of how good God is? Because Jacob is not in a good place. And, but that doesn't change God. God is still good. I mean, Jacob has made a mess of his life. He, he has done things by deceiving others, by manipulating others, usurping authority, uh, being very, very crafty and in a sense, very selfish and shallow as a human being. He, he's not a person of integrity. Uh, and now all of this is sort of caught up with him and, uh, and he's, he's now getting ready uh, to encounter God for himself for the very first time. Now, it's true he grew up in the household of faith. I mean, his grandfather is Abraham. His, his, his father is Isaac. And God is getting ready to introduce himself uh, to Jacob. And, and uh, up until this time, you know, I don't know that he had an awareness of who God was, how good God is or or anything about the Lord whatsoever. I mean, he may have heard about the faith of his grandfather Abraham, about the faithfulness of God towards his father. Uh, but uh, you know, here he is, and uh, he's in a he's in a pickle. He's in a really really challenging place, and he and he's probably wondering what's next. I, I mean, can it get any worse? And uh, I, I thought I had it all. You know, I, I got the birthright, I got the blessing, uh, you know, albeit not by the most, uh, uh, not by means of integrity, but you know, he can say, hey, uh, those are rightfully mine, but he got them in a wrong way. Uh, just think about that. You know, even if you get your way, if you did it wrong, it's still not right. And, and here he is in this season. And let's pick up in the 10th verse. And it says, now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went down to Haran. 
And he came to a certain place. We don't know where it is. It's just a certain place, just out in the middle of nowhere. And he stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and he put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to, to sleep. Just imagine. I mean, his pillow became hard because of uh, how much of a manipulator he was. And then he says, but here is where the story begins to change. He says, then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its tops reached down to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how startled Jacob is? Here he is out in the middle of a field and uh, he, he grabbed a rock and that's his pillow and he's laying down and he's probably very restless. He falls asleep and the moment he falls asleep, he begins to have a dream, a dream about something that uh, was, was probably quite startling to him because really he's living in, in a, a season where his life has become a nightmare and yet in the middle of, of the worst season of Jacob's life, God still comes to him and gives him hope through this dream. And then it says in verse 14, he says, Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth will be blessed. So God introduces himself. God begins to tell uh, Jacob that I have a plan and I have promises for you. And then he says, behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and uh, you will bring and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And God personally says that I'll be your bodyguard, I'll protect you and I'm going to walk with you until I have completed everything that I've done. Listen, here's a wonderful truth about God and that God is the author and the finisher of our faith and God, it says, the one who began a good work in us, he will be faithful to complete it. Just think about that. It's not based on how good we've been. I mean, we could have been in the same category of Jacob. I mean, just gotten everything in our life through manipulation, through coercion, through lies, through surplanning authority, through any of those things. And yet God's plans for us, God's heart for us, God's love for us, is just amazing. And, and what Jacob is beginning to encounter is that God is good even though he is not. That God is good. Jacob hasn't been good, hasn't lived a good life, hasn't been respectful to authority, hasn't done things the right way. And yet God still had a plan for him. God was still good. And God still came to him in that moment and introduced himself and then it says in verse 16, this is a great portion of scripture. It says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Notice that sometimes in our slumber or in our sleeping, in our blindness, in our unawareness, we need to be awakened. We need to become aware of something. So let me remind you of what aware means. Aware means that we begin to know and understand something that is happening or that does currently exist. Up until this time in Jacob's life, there had been a lot of things happening, but he had not encountered or understood or had an awareness 
of spiritual things or the reality of God knowing him and having a plan for his life. And therefore, Jacob maybe felt like he had to do it all on his own, figure it all out, you know, sort of make his own way. And as a result of that, now God is coming and saying, you didn't need to take that path. You didn't need to go down that road. I gave you a family. I put you into the faith and I am going to be with you and I am going to protect you. And I'm going to bring you back to this place. I had to just shock, had to shock him. But it said when he woke up out of this sleep, that he was awakened. He was awakened. Isn't that a great day when we're awakened? And what was he awakened to? He was awakened to the goodness of God. He was awakened to something that previously he was completely unaware of. You know, awareness also means that we could be completely naive or blind to what's going on situationally around us, outward, inward, seen or unseen. And we know that when we become aware of something, it's where all healthy change begins. So when we are awakened to who God really is, just like Jacob was awakened, we begin to understand that his plans are better than our plans and his promises are sure and that they're true and that he will protect us and he's worthy to trust in. But up until having this awareness, we could feel like Jacob. I mean, every man just for themselves, everybody fight for themselves, everyone figure it out for themselves. And and if there's casualties along the way and people are hurt or family, you know, is abused or authority isn't respected, then who cares? I got what I wanted. I, I got my birthright. I got my blessing. And that's all that matters. But there's much more that, that matters in life than just getting what we want the way we want it. It's learning that God wants to be a part of our life, wants to be with us, and that he's been good all the while. That's who he is. That's his nature. He is good, and Scripture says his mercy endures forever. I'm going to continue to read here. It says now in verse 17, And he, Jacob, was afraid, and he said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. There was an awakening in him, an awareness of the awesomeness and the greatness of God. And then it says in verse 18, Then Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put on his head. He set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on top of it. This is a type of worship. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been previously called Luz. Verse 20, it said, Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God, if you will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. I want to remind you of something that happens as we become aware of how good God is. When that takes place and when we're aware of the reality of how good God is in spite of our own sinfulness and craftiness and wickedness, there are three things that this text brings out. The first is we begin to be worshipers of God. Notice that it was a willingness that was worked into Jacob's life. No one was making him worship. No one really even was instructing him to worship. But his response to encountering the goodness of God is, I will worship this God. I will worship him. 
And he began to offer up the sacrifices and he began to honor and to realize how great, how awesome, how magnificent God was. He could have felt like I'm at the end of my rope. I'm in the bottom of the barrel. I'm as low as low can go. And in that moment, God came to him. Listen, God can come to us in any moment in our life, no matter how many times you've blown it, how many times you failed, how many times you've missed it. God is still good. That is who he is. Are you aware of that? Or are you trying to measure God's goodness by your goodness? Do you think God will only be good to you because you've been good? Then friend, let me encourage you and let me share with you, dear brothers and sisters, that we need to be aware that God is not basing his goodness towards us based on our goodness towards him. He is basing his goodness towards us on his very plan, his purpose, and his nature. He is good, but are we aware of that? Is our response, is our response to God to worship him, to reverence him, to be aware of how awesome and how wonderful, how magnificent and beautiful he is? Because when you encounter him, you become aware, yeah, he's good. He is good. The second thing that we can see in the life of Jacob is that he was willing to reconcile and he wanted to go back and make his wrongs right. I think that shows that we have an awareness that God has been good because when God has been good to us, we want to in turn turn around and be good to other people in spite of how they've been to us. You know, when you run into the goodness of God, you just want to share that goodness. And so what he said, he says, Lord, hey, I, I need to go back and I need to make things right with my family. I need to go back. You know, he realized where he was is not where he belonged. And he returned home and he went back to his father. And then the third thing is very important is he would be, he became a gracious giver. Have you ever thought about that? Once again, there were no instructions. We don't have anything in our storyline today to tell us that God was telling him, you know, hey, now you got to worship me. You got to go back to your family and make things right. And yeah, and by the way, you have to ante up in the offering. I, I mean, you, no, no. All of these things that Jacob began to do are a, a result of him encountering the goodness of God. I, I remember a time in my life when I encountered the goodness of God and and God became a reality to me. God became real. And and let me just summarize some of the things that that happened that you you probably can identify with is maybe there was a season in your life I know there was in mine where God wasn't even on my radar I was just doing my own thing and in many and in many ways I was just doing it my own way and I may have gotten what I wanted but I wasn't getting what I needed and so there was this emptiness in me. You know, the reason that Jacob went from getting the birthright to the blessing is because he got the birthright wrong and he thought the blessing would fill that hole in his heart and it didn't. And I've been there. I've tried to fill that hole in my heart by doing, by getting, by becoming. And it's a, it's a, it's a, well, it's a, the word futile comes to me. It's just futility. It's, it's vanity. It's a waste of time. And yet, I spent many years of my life trying to do that. But when I encountered 
and came into the reality of who God was and he introduced himself to me, spiritual things became real. They became real to Jacob. All of a sudden he realized there's a heaven, there's angels ascending and descending, there's a God who knows me, who's speaking to me. He knew my grandfather, he knows my father, he knows my name, and he wants to do something with my life. That's that's life-changing. We're never the same when we encounter the goodness of God. The other thing is, is that Jacob now was so sensitive in his heart where before he was selfish and shallow. Now he had become gracious. He had become someone who was thinking of others rather than himself. Just think about it. He began to think about God, the God who needed to be worshipped. He thought about his family, the family that he needed to be connected with. He thought about the resources and the blessing that he had that he needed to share those. And listen to me, this is such a powerful truth. You know, you and I can worship God out of duty or, you know, reconcile with people sort of, you know, giving them lip service or just give, you know, out of grudgingly or out of necessity. But when we encounter God and his goodness, all of that leaves and everything within us just says, no, I'm doing this because I have an awareness God was there all the time. Jacob just didn't see him. He didn't see him because he was blind, just like you and I are blind. And I want to close with this portion of Scripture. It's found in the book of Romans, a great book. In Romans uh, chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, talking about God, his forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing or being unaware that what? The goodness of God leads you to repentance. So what changed Jacob? What changed Jacob was God changed his mind. And how did he do that? He revealed himself to him. And he revealed what? His goodness. You know, I don't know if you've ever encountered the goodness of God. I did in 1976. I was 13 years old. And I encountered the goodness of God. Yeah, I'd gone to church. You know, I, I could I could tell you, you know, uh, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. I, I could, you know, quote a couple verses. And I had a I had, you know, sort of a, an outward perception that there had to be a creator or maker. But I didn't know that he was interested in me. I didn't even know that he knew I was alive or existed, let alone, let alone knowing my name or my needs. Uh and yet I encountered him at 13 years of age. And it was the goodness of God that led me to repentance. It led me to turn around and to turn to him, to turn away from my sinfulness, my shallowness, my selfishness, my deceit, my manipulation, my lying, my coercion, my dependency on myself to sort of fight my own way, find my own way, make my own way. And it caused me to depend on him. You may be in that place today. I don't know. And if you are, I pray that you would run into the goodness of God. I pray that you would encounter the goodness of God because when you do, you become aware he is good and everything in your life changes for good because that's what he does. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 
828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.